Welcome back to the third episode of Metalhead History, where we put the ad in Metalhead. I know it's been a while since you guys have got another episode, but, uh, you know, I could pull this whole story about how, you know, I've been sick. I haven't. I have allergies. I do. The fact is, I've just been too lazy. Honestly. A lot's been going on right now. It's been one heck of a year, especially these past few weeks. Woo! But you know what? I'm going to try to keep to a regular schedule. What, it, what that schedule's going to be? Yeah, we'll find out later. But this episode, we're not going to be focusing on my scheduling issues and my procrastination. We're going to be focusing on rock. Rock and metal. Yeah, the entire podcast. Go figure. But... <laughs> We're going to specifically cover the origins, how it came to be, what really influenced the creation of rock, and how did it lead to modern metal. And believe me, it starts a lot sooner than you think. Roll intro. Welcome. Metalhead History! <laughs> Man, I love that intro. Is, is it weird that I like my own intro? Nah, it probably shouldn't be weird. But, you know what? Here we go. Let's just get into the episode. So, to start this episode, we're going to have to start way back. And I mean way back in the 1900s. Literally, not the 1900s, the entire... Well, we're going through the entire century. But 1900 itself, and the years following it to the 1910s. During the 1900s, the, um, the prevalent music during the very early part was sort of opera-like. It had one main singer that expressed huge vocal range and was really showing off what they could do with their voice. This really didn't change until the 1910s. We still have the same music, or the music's still popular, until we get to 1917. In 1917, we get the introduction of jazz. The first jazz song is accredited to the original Dixieland Jazz Band, not jazz with the double Zs, jazz and the title of it was Livery Stable Blues. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <clears throat> and I'm going to make the argument here that jazz was the predecessor to modern rock music. Modern rock and then later modern metal. Because during the start of jazz music, before the jazz era, it was the Victorian age. And if you don't know, in the Victorian age, especially the women, this was a huge social change. The women... Now, aside from the dances that were coming out, during the 1910s and 1920s, we get the flapper. And now it goes from the huge Victorian dresses where, oh, skin is the devil, to short skirts and party hats, and a lot of partying on the women's part. And a lot of the Victorian age people blamed the music for this, and they called it devil music. Now, anybody who's listened to rock and metal for a long time has heard their musical preference called devil music and they've been called Satan worshippers. Whether that's true or not, I'm not going to get into the ethics of that. But we've all heard it. So 
with this in mind, this leads to a giant youth quake, which is where one generation completely rejects the beliefs and the style and the music of the previous generation. Now, a lot of pe every generation says that they're a youth quake. N no, no, that's not true. Yeah, there's always going to be social change with each generation, but a youth quake is a full 180 flip a Rooney. So, 1920s, we get a youth quake. A jazz becomes starts to become the uh, the popular music musical choice of younger people, teenagers, young adults. Man, words are hard. And uh, we also start to get blues. I apologize for going and uh. Uh, uh, I'm trying to record while looking down at my notes. I don't have the best setup here. But we start to get blues, and blues is going to play a tremendous role in creating rock. Apart from jazz, we go. blues is going to play a huge part. Now we get to the 1930s. Still not much musical change. However, we start to see a shift towards the big band era, which was... These, exactly how it is, big bands, not like orchestras, but bands that were probably about half that size of a good orchestra of 100 people, maybe 50 people at most, and they played songs. It was basically, oh shoot, it was, a uh, best knowledge I can come up with is it was Slipknot, but five times worse. Instead of like seven or nine band members at once, there's like, a lot more. Man, that band needs to get straight. <clears throat> but then, 1930s, a huge phenomena hits. You may have heard of it. I don't know. It's called the uh, Great Depression. Now, this is going to severely influence the music of this uh, era. So the blues really starts to hit, as well as the big band era. But what's really important to note about the 1930s is we get the electric guitar. The electric guitar is what really defines rock and metal. You can't have an rock and metal without some form of guitar there. So, specifically the electric guitar, whether that be a bass guitar or a regular guitar. I'm not a guitar freak, so... Woo! And in 1931, the electric guitar is invented. And the first song recorded with electric guitar... It's attributed to Big Bill Broomsy with the song Sweetheart Land, and it's a low-down, dirty shame. 1940s, we start to see a very slow transition from big band to rock and roll. Big Joe Turner starts incorporating big band with aspects of future rock and roll. And the 1950s, we get rock and roll. And with that lovely note, we're going to take a brief intermission so that we can... You guys can hear from my lovely sponsors, which will be recorded in my voice. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back after the short ad break. All right, third time recording this darn thing. <laughs> we finally get rock and roll in the 1950s with the introduction of artists such as the unequivocally acclaimed Prince of Rock and Roll, Elvis Presley. I'm going to act like I know what those words mean. I do. I just... It's been a rough summer, okay. It's been a really rough summer. <laughs> we get the first rock and roll song by Ike Turner and Jackie Brenston. That song is Rocket 88. 
Now, 1960s, we get a huge spike in rock and roll. The Beatles gain traction, which starts the British invasion, which those of you who don't know what the British invasion were, that's when a lot of British bands started coming over to the U.S. and making music, and they, most of the bands did pretty well there. We get the Rolling Stones in 1962, the Kinks in 1964, and the Doors in 1965. Now, I want to focus for a second on the Kinks. We call, we, as mentioned before, our music is called devil music, right? We start to really see a non-establishment approach here with the Kinks. Even naming themselves that is absolutely unheard of at the time, just because of how raunchy it is, if you will. You know, people weren't really up to that. Or I guess they were because people listened to them. But still, we start to see the anti-establishmentness that rock and metal really takes. Apart from uh, social justice issues, it actually tackled a lot of social justice issues. As mentioned before, that song, Rocket 88, Ike Turner and Jackie Branson were black men. Both of them were black men making headway. And so was jazz. Jazz was really a black man's music or a black man's genre. I'm not being racist here. I'm pointing out facts. It was starred by black men and it really took off. And so it's really cool because we see the transition from tackling more social justice issues to the non-establishment words are hard to the non-establishmentness that rock and metal takes. All right, where was I? I went on a rant there. Oh, yep, 1960s. We also start to see our first look at rock and metal bands, like modern metal. You know, that sounds crazy. But we get bands such as Led Zeppelin in 1968. One of their most famous songs is uh, Kashmir. I still listen to it, even though it's ridiculously long. I still absolutely love it. They could give Tool a run for their money. Let's leave it at that. Uh, We get Pink Floyd. You probably heard of them with another brick in the wall. And then, how could I forget, 1968, along with Led Zeppelin, we get Black Sabbath. I mean, does that really need explaining? It's Black Sabbath. If if you've been in the male community long enough, you know who the heck Black Sabbath is. L is... Jeez... I'm getting braces off here in a few weeks. Thank heavens. All right, in the 1970s, we get a huge hard rock and metal boom. Led Zeppelin takes off, Pink Floyd and Black Sabbath both take off. We get bands such as Deep Purple, ACDC, Queen, Leonard Skinner, The Ramones, The Clash, Electric Light Orchestra, Kiss, Blue Oyster Cult, Foreigner, Judas Priest, Blondie, Rush... All these bands that you've probably heard of, we get in the 1970s. The 1970s was the birth of rock and metal. And then the 1980s, hair metal takes off. Bands such as GNR, Poison, and Def Leppard really take the scene there. <sighs> I grew up listening to hair metal. I, um, yeah, my mother uh, listened to a lot of it. But after the 1980s, 1990s to today, we start to see a huge boom of metal artists. We see different genres. We see different styles. 
1990, Nine Inch Nails came out and truly paved the way with industrial. Don't quote me on that. I haven't done my research on the industrial uh, era yet. The industrial metal era, I should specify. But uh, that's definitely going to be another episode. But for now, that's the episode day. Brief recap. 1900s, nothing happens. 1910s, we get jazz. 1920s, we get even more jazz. You like jazz? 1930s, it's not much change, but we do get the electric guitar. 1940s, we start to get the big band era and a slow transition to rock and roll. 1950s, we get rock and roll. Hallelujah! <clears throat> Puberty sucks. 1960s, Rock and roll really takes off. 1970s, hard rock and metal becomes a thing. 1980s, we get hair metal. And from then on, we from 1990s to today, there's been a huge spike. There's so many different subgenres and sub-subgenres and sub-sub-sub-sub-subgenres of metal and rock. I definitely have no shortage of content I could cover in future episodes. But that's the episode for today. Thank you for watching, and make sure to check in on my social medias. I have an Instagram, I have a Twitter, I have a Facebook, and I have a YouTube, which I don't use because I still haven't figured out how I'm going to get paid on YouTube because I make all my money on the uh, other people. Yeah, so I'll figure that out, but follow my Instagram at MetalheadHisto1, same with uh, Twitter and Facebook, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but on Facebook, if you just search Melhead History, I should pull up. I hope I pull up. I really hope I pull up. But that does it for the episode. Thanks for checking in. Don't forget to follow our social media accounts, and don't forget stay home, stay safe, stay metal. Alright, let's hit it.